Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 now the weak in faith in this context is not referring directly to one's belief or trust but one's convictions about certain things that you can do as a christian now So you've got some with convictions that say, hey, this is okay to do. And I'm going to exercise my liberty and I'm going to exercise my freedom in Christ. Then there's others that haven't got to that point yet. The ones that Paul would call weak in the faith. Their conscience hasn't really gone up to that level yet. And he's trying to bring that wall down to where it would prohibit the judgment and everything else. The weak in faith are the ones that will make non-essential items essential. They'll say, wait a minute, you're backsliding. You're not walking hand in hand with Jesus. You didn't show up for 6 a.m. prayer today. They're the ones that tend to be more legalistic. There was a man in our church for years. Many of you would know him if I told you his name. He was a servant of the Lord. He did so many amazing things for the Lord, but he was OG. He was old school. And one time he hit me up at the door and he says, I see that you don't have a tie on. Do you really think you should be preaching without a tie? He then, when I grew the goatee... (laughs) kid you not he says I see you've gone the way of the world I said what do you mean by that I thought did he see me speeding to church this morning or something and he says I see you got a goatee even rubbed it right there and he saw but that's the way he believed that was old school that was the church that he was raised in so the strong in faith understand their freedom in faith I can grow a goatee and I can preach without a tie And if you don't like it, there's others that have ties and when they preach and they don't have a goatee and you can be comfortable there, all right? So we're going to have these things going on. 1 Corinthians 10, 23, all things are lawful. He declares it. He says, all things are lawful. Now he's not talking about sin. Listen to me. Let me parenthetically, a big parenthesis here. When we're talking about things which you can and can't do, when you're talking about non-essentials, we're not talking about things that are clear in Scripture. We're not talking about, hey, it's okay, I'll just keep living with my girlfriend. Or I'll keep living with my boyfriend. That is black and white in Scripture. In fact, Hebrews 13, I think it's verse 4 or 5, says that, The marriage bed is undefiled, 
but adulterers and fornicators God will judge. This is why when we approach somebody about living together, or if you're getting drunk, if you know something we don't know about somebody else, it is your obligation in the body of Christ to turn that person from their sin because they are in danger. You don't know if they ever came to Christ. They may have made a profession one day and said, oh man, I've got my ticket to heaven and everything else. And they go out there and they use that as a license to sin. That's not what Paul's speaking of here in, in Romans 14. He's talking about stuff that are gray areas. Stuff that you can do. Stuff that may be violating the conscience of somebody else. Then he says to take a look at that. Even though it's permissible. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, he says, All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. So we as Christians, we begin to look at our life and our freedom in Christ, and we begin to say, how can I use my freedom to build up the body of Christ, to build up those other believers that have not gotten there yet? So you need to differentiate. First thing, there's a point of yours. Differentiate between those things that are essentials and non-essentials. If you're trying to bind somebody with a non-essential, shame on you, you are violating the Scriptures. If you are telling somebody this is what you need to get right and it is not in the Scriptures, then you have violated the Scriptures, the Word of God, and you have no right to impose that on them. So you need to differentiate between the... Things that are in Scripture that are sin and the things that are gray areas. That's the first thing. And a lot of that is going to be prefaced by how you were raised, how you were discipled. As you grow in your faith, you may change some things as a lot of people. So what we're dealing with here, we're dealing with three items here in chapter 14. One is the food. Look at verse 2. He says, that one person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Now this no doubt what I'm telling you is dealing with the dietary laws. Now understand the setting of where the church in Rome was. It was in the city of Rome. And I was there a couple years ago and we walked through that city and I cannot tell you how many ruins of temples there are to different gods in that city. There were temples everywhere. And people would sacrifice meat to these gods. Or they would do another thing. They would ask the god to bless the meat. And what would happen a lot of times after they would sacrifice some meat to a god, how many know that a false god can't eat? That if you put something before a god and you come back in the morning, it's still going to be there. It may be cold, but it's going to be there. And so here's the deal that they would take this meat and they would put it on the meat market and they would sell it at a discounted price and people would buy that. How many are in for a good deal? I got to tell you, I'm not going to tell you what store, but I've bought, how many have ever bought New York steak for $5.99 a pound? It's like 18 bucks a pound, huh? I bought it for $5.99 a pound the other day. I came home to Griselle and I said, we just hit heaven. She says, what do you got there? I got seven steaks that were $5.99 a pound, and they're New York steaks. We <laughs> cooked them. <clears throat> That's another story. <laughs> so, 
The meat here was offered at a discounted price, and Griselle doesn't let me go shopping anymore. <laughs> so here, do you get what's happening here? So this was a violation of the Jewish people that were raised in the Old Testament. Think about that. You've got Jews in the Old Testament that are now supposed to join hands with Gentiles, and Jesus is supposed to be Lord, and they were raised in a culture that taught them no. You don't eat stuff from that meat market. It isn't kosher. It isn't blessed. You can't touch that. And so this was becoming an issue because the stronger Christians were more than likely Gentiles with the exception of a few Jews like the Apostle Paul. And they would say, man, bring it on. $5.99 a pound. Who can beat that? And so they would participate in eating. And the Jews are like, how can you eat that? That meat was sacrificed to an idol. And that's an offense. They were snubbing their noses at them, everything else. And so one was food. The next thing was wine. That's why verse 21 says, it is good not to eat meat or drink wine to do anything that causes your brother to stumble. Now, let me say this has nothing to do with drunkenness, drinking too much wine. This has nothing to do with that. They would give what were called libations. They were drink offerings. And they would, they would ask the gods to bless the wine or they would bring it to the temple and they would offer it to the god. And then people were drinking that wine. And as a Jewish person... You say, how can you do that? We're God's people and you're participating in pagan stuff. How dare you? So you got food, you got wine, and the other thing is the holy days. Look at verse 5. One person, by the way, let me say, if you want to go to an Old Testament example of how some Jews that were holy were righteous and held to their convictions, just go to the book of Daniel. Because Daniel is taken away into captivity, and chapter 1 says this, he's supposed to eat the king's food, he's supposed to drink the wine. The king said, this is going to get them fit for serving me. And he said, we're not going to do it. That's a violation of what we believe in the Old Testament law. It says that they cannot participate in that pagan stuff. And here's what verse 8 says of Daniel 1. Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. you got to hand it to Daniel, man. He did the right thing. There's so many practical applications in the book of Daniel for you and me today on how they were pressured by the culture and they still held to their convictions and didn't compromise with God. You had those same kind of Jews in the New Testament that were like Daniel. They knew the story of Daniel like the back of their hand. And they're like, you Gentiles. And you had Jews like Paul. And said, man, serve it up. But he's going to deal with that in just a moment. These holy days in verse 5 that he's speaking of, God required his people to observe certain holy days. That's why you had Passover. That's why you had the Feast of Unleavened Bread. That's why you had the Feast of First Fruits. That's why you had the Feast of Pentecost. That's why you had Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets. That's why you had the Day of Atonement. And the Feast of Tabernacles. So you had seven major feasts, holy days. But one of the most controversial days was the Sabbath. 
And Gentiles weren't grown up under that way. And so we see this controversy. And I believe that that's what's happening here. There's still some today that would say you're supposed to worship on Saturday because the Sabbath is part of the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments is God's moral code all the way through history and on and on. And they make an argument like that. In fact, Seventh-day Adventists today will tell you that we are wrong for meeting on Sunday. The Apostle Paul, he was in the strong camp though. He said, I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean. He said concerning holy days in Colossians chapter 2 verses 16 to 17, therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new food or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. And I actually, when I joined my first church, when I got out of Teen Challenge, they had a membership card. And on the membership card, you had to agree to certain things before you can become a member of the, the church. And one of those things that was on the card is that you could not visit movie houses. <laughs> Theaters is what we know them as. And I remember I couldn't sign the card even though I was on staff. At the church, it was the first time I saw it, and I went to the pastor. I said, you know, I can't sign this. I go to the movie theater at that time, the one in Imperial, and I'm violating this. And he said, oh, throw that away. That's from the old days. We just haven't had new ones made up. But think about that. They changed their stance on that. At first, you know, hardline legalists in the, the old days, and still some today, would say you cannot go into a movie theater. In fact, if you go into a restaurant to eat and they serve drinks there, shame on you, you're going to hell. Really? The cheeseburger's going to send me down the path of hell? Maybe a 4 by 4 animal style from in and out because that'll clog your arteries in a hurry. But So, I mean, we look at these things and there's so many non-essentials that the church is... And i got to tell you right now, Jesus is grieving over His church because there is so much division. And it's not over heresy. It's not over doctrine. It's not over the person of Christ. It's over non-essential matters. And you have your opinions and you want to throw them out there and you want to bind them on people and you want to strap them and it's not even in the Scriptures. And that's what he's dealing with here. You'd say, well, I'd never let the Word of God cause division in the body of Christ. Really? Let's talk about some of these non-essentials. What about dancing? If you came from old school Pentecostal, you weren't allowed to dance except in church. If you were conservative Baptist, you can dance, but only at a wedding reception. If you were mainline denomination Methodist or Presbyterian, you can dance to secular music. And if you're Catholic... Everything goes, man. You can break dance, gangman style, whatever you want to do. It's all there. You know what I mean? But where do you fall on that? 
Where do you fall on that? I mean, there's people that would tell you today that if you dance at all, you're of that wicked, you know, pagan Babylon and going to hell. I got to tell you, at a wedding reception, when Cameron got married, I danced. It was ugly, but I danced, you know. And I'm telling you that there were some that, we went to a wedding a couple years ago. Griselle and I, one of her family's side, and there's some beautiful saints there. I'm telling you, 70s, 80s, that served the Lord all their life. They came over from Mexico, and they were totally committed to Jesus Christ. But the cousin, when they started dancing, all the old school people left because it was an offense to them. What about wine? I was taught that drinking wine was a sin. And then I look in the Bible and I see things like wine was given for our enjoyment. Jesus drank wine. And we can make all the arguments we want, but I was taught it was a sin. And I said, man, if you drink wine, you may not even be saved. And then I changed my stance on that because I realized that that's not what the Bible taught. The Bible never taught wine was a sin, but drunkenness is. Drunkenness is definite a sin. And God would say, if you want to participate in wine, then do so at your own risk is what really what we have to look at today. You can put yourself in jeopardy. That being said, just because something is permissible, is it always wise to do it? Just some of the stats on alcohol this year alone. One in eight American adults fulfills the criteria for having an alcohol use disorder. Alcohol-related deaths rose 43% between 2006 and 2018. Drinking and driving account for 30% of all driving deaths a year. 80% of college students drink and 50% of them binge drink. During the COVID pandemic, alcohol use dramatically increased because of stress, desperation, and anxiety. Churches had to stay closed, but liquor stores were considered essential. And people went to the bottle for stress, for anxiety, and all these other things. And I'm not going to tell you that wine is a sin. I'm not going to tell you that. Drunkenness certainly is. I abstained from it. When we started Christ Communion Church 21 years ago, we asked all the elders. We didn't force them. We said, look, we want all of our leadership at Christ Communion Church to abstain from alcohol because we are reaching people in new creations and for them a stumbling block. I know that if I drink, I could end up back on drugs. I know for me, I have to protect myself because I'm one of those things that I put the pedal to the metal and there's no brake lights in sight when I get rolling. So I know it doesn't matter if it's drinking or drugs or buffets at Sizzler. <laughs> you know? <it's laughs> so <laughs> Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, buffet your body, and then somebody brought it to light, that means buffet, not buffet. They're spelled the same way, but it means buffet. And I said, oh, I had it wrong all those years. So, you know, and then you've got people like Noah. Think about the life of Noah for a sec. God chooses him out of all the people on the entire earth. Why did God choose him 
to build the ark and to save humanity and to propagate the line of the Savior. Well, God saw him as a righteous man. He was righteous above all people in an evil, wicked world. He lands, right? The flood dissipates. He gets off the ark in chapter 9 and he plants a vineyard. Nothing wrong with planting a vineyard. But then he started drinking of the vineyard and the Bible says he got drunk. And it brought shame on him and it was just one of those things that to this day we still have consequences. I don't have time to get into it. But that one mistake, And God's providence, he just ties it all together. That's what blows me away about the Lord in the midst of all of our mistakes and everything else. They play right into his hand because God is that deep in his wisdom. Proverbs 20 verse 1 says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink, a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. And when you read the story of Noah, wine was a mocker to him. Now, you've got others that say, the Bible tells us that God made wine to be enjoyed, Jesus drank it, and just because something can be abused doesn't mean that we should should abstain from it. This is definitely a disputable matter when you hear all the arguments. So what do you do in cases like that? What do you do when, when that becomes the issue, right? So you got... People that would be divided on the whole issue of dancing. you got people who would be divided on the whole issue of wine. What about the two M words? Music and makeup. <laughs> i got news for you. Worship music is going to be controversial till we get home to be with Jesus. Then you're going to find out that Christ Community Church had it right. You know what? I tell Griselle, man, sometimes the people, when they sing the hymns, the roof is raised. Hymns are easy to sing to, right? Those other songs, the new modern songs, I love the words. They minister to me. I just can't sing, but I can sing a hymn. Well, halfway, I can sing a hymn. And so you've got this issue of music. People, Some people won't come into Christ Community Church because they say, man, they are unsaved. They're playing those modern worship. You know, there's a local, I kid you not, true story. Local pastor says, that we're of the devil because we have drums in our worship and drums call evil spirits. He said that. But think about that for a minute. You've got the old school that say, man, what about the hymns? You've got the others that say, we like the modern songs. So now they're starting to go down the middle and they're taking hymns and they're putting modern music to it to reach the younger people. But it's all a matter of preference. Your personal preference, when somebody says, man, they're not right with God, they're displeasing the Lord because of these modern worship songs, that's not true at all. It's not true. It's nowhere in the Bible it says that. As long as they're glorifying the Lord. As long as there's songs that glorify the Lord. My favorite song is not even a modern worship song. My favorite song is nothing but the blood of Jesus Because when I found out that Jesus saved me and He covered all of my sins because I knew the depth of my sin and depth of my depravity, I fell to my knees and the first time I heard nothing but the blood of Jesus, I cried. And that's been my favorite song ever since. What about makeup? I know girls that grew up in a church where they said, if you wear makeup, you're the devil. 
So what it did was cause some of them, when they would go to school, they would put makeup on at their friend's house and then go to school. And before they got home, they'd take it off at their friend's house and come home. But see, where does makeup fit into the essentials of salvation? And where's the room for that? What are you basing that on? And that's what Paul's argument is here. He's making this argument that there's no way that that could even play into. The non-essentials should never lead to criticism or condemnation of others. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Crawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977